We got banned in one country. Did we really? Yeah, when I did the Russian accent, <laughs> you banned us. They banned us. <laughs> no way. Welcome to the Clean Slate with your hosts, Daniel Garza and Carson Phillips, providing you with movie news, reviews, and more. Sit back, relax, and don't forget to go to the concessions to get your popcorn and drinks. For your entertainment, this is the Clean Slate Podcast. Thank you, Justin, for that wonderful live smooth jazz. We're actually sponsored with Nike. We are selling podcaster shoes. The Clean Slate Nikes. (laughs) Nike slippers. Um... What did we watch? James and the Giant Peach. So this is the first in our kitty series. That sounds bad. Yeah. That sounds what should weird. we call this? Should retry that one. Just for kids. For the there kids. For the kids. All proceeds of this episode are going to... Our childhood. Children's <laughs> research. Our childhood. Children's I was going to say, research. like, cancer research. <laughs> but no, we're researching... Uh, the we're ch- researching the researchers are children. Just kids. We're... You said children's research. What are we researching? <laughs> Just like why do they need to exist? Oh my gosh! <laughs> so we watched uh, a Tim Burton. What well, is this technically directed by Tim Burton? No, it wasn't. He just produced it or something. James and the Giant uh, Peach. We're gonna be super appropriate, guys. So if you oh, actually want are? to bring in your kids, David, my brother, I know you binge these episodes. Bring in Ezra. Bring in Sawyer. They would probably not listen. <laughs> So it is person, written by Roald Dahl. <laughs> yeah, you know he and was directed a by Henry and a sex pervert and yeah, a spy. You, you said that in you said that in Matilda. Oh, why? What's up with Roald Dahl showing up? <laughs> I have no idea. So who directed it? Sorry, uh, Henry Selick. Okay, what? So okay, so the, he's he did um, Night Before Christmas, I believe. Yes. So Tim Burton just produced this, is my guess. I'm guessing. I'm not seeing his name, though. Maybe not, then. Interesting. Who did the music? Was it Elf- Danny Elfman? Oh, my gosh. You're asking me so many questions that I feel like... <laughs> you okay. should know these. So, this is your childhood movie. Oh, Randy Newman. Oh, okay. Wait, that makes sense. I think. Yeah, Randy Newman yeah, did the music. Yeah, that sounds right. Cool. It sounds more like Randy Newman. And then let's go to... Producers, yeah. Tim Burton is just a producer. Okay, yeah. So that all, that all adds up. Cool. Um, so now you guys got some knowledge. You can um, you can stop listening now. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Okay, guys. So here is the log line: An orphan who lives with his two cruel ants befriends an anthropomorphic bugs who live inside a giant peach, and they embark on a journey to the New York City. Past the blunt, bro. Ugh, man, this yeah. This is such a drug field movie. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, kids, come on for the kids. They can. They know what drugs are. They're in the public school. Yeah, but system. you said past the blunt. Oh, they know what that is. Okay, so this movie takes place in nineteen forty nine. That's so specific. It says that's what it says. Does it actually say that? That's it says so according specific. to a newspaper at the end of the movie it takes place in nineteen forty nine. Why are you sharing that with us? Because it matters. Yeah, it does it technically does. matter. It does. Those bugs do they have to go to war? Or are they vets? <laughs> no, they just got I don't done know from how the war. Works. Yeah, so they're vets or <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, okay. You know that grasshoppers killed some krauts. Ooh, can I say that? Ooh, no. I don't think so. It's okay to be racist towards Nazis. <laughs> okay, go go ahead. Give us the rundown of the this the movie. Okay. Um this is going to be a little weird, but basically this dude James, this little boy, he is in this honestly it's like genuinely abusive uh foster situation or whatever with his two aunts uh, after his parents tragically died by a rhinoceros. rhinoceros. Yep. Uh more of a storm, I think, is the analogy. But anyways, his parents seem wonderful, but his aunts are monstrous. And so one fateful day, he's offered these little green glow in the... What are they? Bug things? The things that the, that he eats. Oh, they're just make, magic worms. Magic worms. And these magic worms basically create this giant peach, and his aunts immediately start to exploit his peach and use it to kind of make it like a road roadside attraction. And eventually he escapes into the peach. And this is when the movie kind of takes on a more, it's already fantastical, but it takes on a more fantastical direction. Magical. Let's go with that. And it becomes a stop motion film at this point. Yep. Hence the Tim Burton esque vibe, but also there's the German expressionism stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested, um, just, Night Before Christmas, watch, listen to that one, and Coraline might be a good listen as well. <laughs> but yeah, so this is mostly stop motion at this point, and they're trying to take this peach over to New York City, which is where his parents were going to take him, from a big peach to the Big Apple. And that's more or less the main plot. I mean, there's, it's honestly more of a character study in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like, there is action but it's more about the growth of these different bug characters and then james and his anxieties but also his kind heart uh is shown throughout this whole film like at the beginning there's the whole idea of him being one of the only humans that's not trying to murder this poor spider and so you actually that's like a big part of the story later on and it's great um i don't want to spoil anything too much but that's that's essentially it um okay cool so from here, let's just take let's just talk about the German expressionism. Do you have anything in regarding? Because you always do this to me. I have to like. No, I'm just saying specifically with this film because there's a lot of things I, that I, I want to talk about in this film, but I don't really know how to talk about it. So I was wondering if you kind of do. So I think in this again, it's the German expressionism is shown a lot in the um, set design in these films so inside the peach some of those like jagged edges you get and that's that kind of like the look of those and then also like the way the house looks um Mm -hmm. it it does harken back to all the stuff you've seen in other tim burton films i think this is technically earlier or an earlier work for him right tim burton i don't know if this came out yeah did this come out before nightmare um well it's based off the book from roald dahl yeah, so I don't know about what the book illustrations look like, but I'm assuming this has kind of a different vibe. It's definitely darker. You get a lot of interesting, like, canted angles from time to time. Yeah. So you actually get a prototype uh, Jack the Skellington in this movie. Yeah. I'm sure people have seen this, but there's, like, a pirate character that they fight, and he straight up looks like Jack. Um, actually, funny story. So I didn't grow up... You grew up watching this? Yeah. So I didn't grow up watching this movie whatsoever like it was never even on my radar and Alyssa oh, no. was like Nightmare Why? Before Christmas came out in 1993 
Oh, okay. So this came out later. So that's yep. cool. So he just threw in yeah. some uh, some reference, references to his references. previous film. But anyways, um, something that was funny is like Alyssa's like, wow, you never grew up watching this and you love did she? creepier kind of stuff. She grew up watching this. Okay. I did not. And then we were in Washington with my family and my cousin Josh is like, how have you not seen James and the Giant Peach? And he literally <laughs> fast forward through like the first like 15 minutes just to show me the Jack the Skellington thing. Oh, yeah. And that was it. And then, we, and then they just left and it was just on and I just sat there and watched like another 10 minutes not knowing yeah. what it's about. And I was like, what is this movie? And then, so more recently, Alyssa forced me to watch it just before we decided to record this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, first watch for me. I, I think it would have scared the crap out of me as a kid, though. Yeah, so that's the thing is I was really sheltered as a child in regards yeah. to what I was watching and, you know, everything Good. else. Every kid should be sheltered. Right, but this movie is one, it's creepy. It's really weird. And so I really ambiguous at times too. I just don't know how I was allowed to watch this <laughs> to be honest. What did you think about it as a kid? Um, as a kid, I really loved the idea of having a huge peach and just eating it and making the whole flying through the sky too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know about that, but, um, That's also the want. pouring of the peach floats that they do. And then that seems really fun. This is, uh, I mean, it's not really a musical, but there is musical numbers. It's kind of a musical. But that whole musical scene where they're yeah. making all the peach-themed food made me hungry. <laughs> yeah. So, um, other than that, I mean, I really don't even know what I would say of, like, what I thought about this movie when I was growing up. But now, re-watching it, it's like there's so much more that I'm like, wow, this is definitely saying something. Like, this is a symbol mm. of something. What is it? And so that's what I was just asking you about. It was like... Let's just do this together. Yeah. So, for instance, the first thing is the rhinoceros, right? Like, I, Yeah, that's an interesting aspect of this movie. So, everywhere that I've looked, it says that, like, the rhinoceros is kind of this, like, agnostic being in James's life that they don't agnostic? really... Agnostic? That's what it said. Let me show you. Interesting. I don't know what they mean um, by that. <laughs> yeah, let me read it. Okay, so an evil storm cloud rhino is an agnostic force in James's life. In several shots, the evil ant's car can be seen in the rhinoceros's hood ornament. Mm, interesting. So that's really interesting, but I'm like, what does it mean? What does that mean? Because I feel like even the narrator says that the the rhinoceros took the parents. And I mean, I guess that's like better to say than they got killed in a car accident and died a bloody murder like you know from a storm whatever i mean could you argue that it's a stand-in for like childhood trauma and anxiety perhaps yeah probably like the thing keeping him from being his full self was this horrible horrible thing that happened to his parents when he was very young yeah and it like stunted his dreams yeah stunted his i mean stunted being a kid actually Big brain moment. <laughs> kind of ties into Matilda. How so? Ro- oh, so Roald Dahl yeah. here. So, I mean, it's the idea of children yeah. not being allowed to be children. And then something happens that allows them to be a kid times 50. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Even like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka. 
there's the idea of one with Willy Wonka's character's stunted growth, but then with Charlie, it's like he didn't really get to be a kid until mm-hmm. going to the chocolate factory. So there's he probably had a bad childhood or something, but it's really interesting. Yeah, to, that um, is interesting. Those themes that um, carry over. So also, just a little side note: when in the book, in Roald Dahl's book, when the peach, have you read it? No, of course not. Okay, me neither. <laughs> when the peach rolls over Aunt Spike and Aunt Sponge's car. Remember when it's yeah. like rolling down the hill? In his book, it actually squashes them to death and kills them. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so, so dark. Just, well, you I, know what? I think in that, Willy like, Wonka, the, the um the Oompa Loompas are like pygmy slaves or something. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> super wild. Anyway, so but that's interesting. Yeah, a couple other things that I wanted to talk about too. Um, so it's this whole thing. It's this, it's pretty much just like this journey movie of like working together friendship family like what a true family is a family that doesn't look like a family but is a family unit right um different backgrounds different yeah exactly exactly um and so going off that though like not talking about that but one of the things like when in their first like hang-ups during the journey is when they see the shark in the water and it's oh, a that very, was cool. I like that scene. It was a very mechanical shark. It's like a robot, which is not something that's kind of like played on. It's not what you, I didn't expect it at all. Right. Like instead of just being a shark, like this thing has, like it shoots out little clippers that like can clip off the seagulls that are mm-hmm. helping the, um, the peach fly. And it has this huge <laughs> rope that shoots through the peach to try to stop it from flying away. So my thought was there, it was like, I wonder if this movie is very anti, like, machinery or like yeah kind i of was thinking that capitalistic type City. of yeah exactly so it's kind of a mixed there's something because this whole thing is up, like maybe. yeah the one of the biggest things that when they first see the shark is that it's eating this huge s- school of tuna and then it's shooting them out on plates of just like the heads and the eyes oh yeah so weird and then um and then all of a sudden they do whatever they can to you know kill it and they do um, but it was just kind of interesting. I was like, I wonder what that meant. If anything. Yeah. If anything. Could just be fun. I, okay. So honestly, my favorite thing about this movie is all these little characters, these like the cricket getting his point of view on life or the, yeah. um, the dude with all the multiple arms who keeps Sympathy. messing up and yeah, there's just some, thank you. There's some really interesting character growth in all these characters, even though what's the, it's not a mole, the blind one, the worm. I love ringworm or favorite light worm. ringworm <laughs> ringworm <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah, James imagine? had ringworm and then the ringworm comes out of him and is a main character right um no I love the little worm guy but um, oh I'm sorry the okay. worm the, well the there's old two lady. worms in there technically there's the earthworm. actual freaking earthworm yeah there's earthworm there's a and scarf there's, what's the, what's her name yeah. um, I'm gonna get a tattoo of the worm <laughs> That'd be funny. <clears throat> that would be. I love. I, maybe I'm just learning that I love worm characters. <laughs> yeah, maybe because in Dune, <laughs> this is a problem. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, there's some great um, character moments. Uh, I actually was genuinely sad. Minor spoiler here: it's a kids' movie. No one really dies, but you're kind of tricked into thinking they all die. And I was like, "Are you serious? Yeah. Like they all die?" And Alyssa convinced me they were all dead. And so I was getting a little teary-eyed. I was like, but the worm, the worm died. But, uh, yeah, you know what's disturbing? What? 
These bugs are human-sized. Yeah. No, they're bigger than human. They're bigger than the humans, <clears throat> and the cops are like, I guess we're just chill with these bugs hanging out in New York City. And I was like, this is not a universe I want to live in. Well, yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> just I had to get that off my chest. It's horrifying. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, use this podcast as a platform to do that. Um, okay, so... Free therapy. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a lot of fun things in this movie. It does kind of have, there is a certain sort of symbolism, especially going back to every single one of the insects' like lives. Mm-hmm. Like, they all represent something. They all want to do different things. They all want to see the world. They want to explore, and they have dreams. Different faults, different... Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, except for, like, Technical abilities. Yeah. The ladybug is pretty wholesome, yeah. she's She kind of just does her own thing, but... But the other characters all have their own issues to overcome. Yeah. And without spoiling every single thing, the end of the movie ends obviously in a positive way. They end up in New York. But kind of to the point that we were just talking about with um, Roald Dahl's message of like for the kids, you know, letting Mm -hmm. kids be kids and everybody stunted at some sort of point. If you look at it from the very, very beginning, right, um, when they're first showing off the peach in the like the whole like the eighth wonder of the world. Um, yeah, the little girl says, you know, can we touch it? And then she's like, can you touch it? She's like, this little girl has too many ideas. Oh, this is a good go away. And then at the very end, the little kid says, can we eat it? And James is go ahead and they eat the whole thing down to the core. You just, you just (laughs) nailed the whole movie. That's the whole thing. That's the whole point of the movie. Yeah, probably. Just let <laughs> like, kids be kids, man. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, you you let it there, but yeah, it's just this whole thing of like these kids have been something. I I've noticed in Roll Doll, it's all these English kids, mm-hmm. these European kids that are the ones struggling. Stupid Europeans. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's a there's that kind of good like the the story arc right there, and it's something mm-hmm. simple too. No, you kids can't even touch it. You can look at it. Don't even touch it, though, to eat the whole thing. I don't care. It's going to go bad anyway, like, because it's yeah. a peach. So, like. Oh, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I think it was still a good movie to watch. It's still fun. Um, it, it's enjoyable. Honestly, I have nothing bad to say about it as a yeah. first timer. Uh, obviously, <laughs> it's dated, but I think the special yeah, effects hold up. I yeah. think the musical numbers aren't that great, to be honest. That's my only complaint. They're really random, is what I kind of found watching it this next time. It's like the, besides the first one, like that's the life for me. The other, they're just really random. It's about like you know, I just didn't enjoy them. Like they weren't like, like I'll listen to Nightmare Before Christmas, the music yeah. sometimes. Well, just but I would never time. decide to listen to James and the Giant Peach <laughs> like ever. Um, yeah, the, the character who plays James, Paul Terry, it's his only film that he's ever been in. Um, wow. He pretty good. He doesn't, he's not a great singer. (laughs) Like in his first musical number, I was like, this is not, this is not good. Yeah. I don't understand. Maybe just leave the musical stuff out next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But overall it's, um, it's still a solid movie. I'd give it about a six, six out of 10, seven out of 10. Um, um, I don't want to lie and say that I rated it a different way than I did because this is on Letterbox. Follow me uh, on Letterbox. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, it's a movie review app. I'm plugging myself so hard right now. Yeah, you really are. Uh, my name on there is Carson Phillips. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Big surprise. 
<gasps> I forgot to review it. So I'm going to give it a retroactive three and a half out of five. Okay. It's not bad. I'm not in love with it, but I would watch it again. And, you know, the whole point of this uh, series that we're doing is this is something I would show my kids, I feel like, when I have them. Would you show this to your future child? Probably not, honestly. It's creepy, and I was scared as a little kid. It would depend on the kid, to be honest, because it is a little creepy. When they're like 12, though, this is a good 12-year-old movie. Yeah, sure. But by the time they're 12, they're probably not interested in this anymore. Why not? I don't know, because they're too busy being 12. Well, that's a clean slate. (laughs) Okay, let's do the outro. All right, guys. Um, that was James and the Giant Peach. This was Daniel's pick for uh, Kids Movie Month. I, we, we're, we're working on the title. By the time you listen to this episode, there will be a better title in the for description the than what we're saying. For the kids sounds weird. I think that was actually like a scam that happened recently. Oh, <laughs> like a crypto okay. Scam, that makes right? sense. Um, so we are starting a Clean Slate coin. It is based off of Euphorium. Anyways, um, sorry, that was stupid. Just ignore that. Yeah, so we're gonna catch <laughs> we're gonna catch you guys next week with another kids movie. Uh, you sh- can check us out on Instagram at the Clean Slate underscore podcast at Daniel Garza at Carson Glenn Phillips loves you, and we do have an email, which is the Clean Slate Podcast at gmail dot com. So send us an email if you want. Um. Honestly, you all probably have our phone numbers, so you could text us if you have some questions that you want us to answer on the podcast. But yeah, recommend us some kids' movies. We're going to be talking about them for the rest of the month, and it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, go back and listen to Daniel. It's our uh, it's our first short slate. It's going to be him talking about Scream, if you haven't listened to it. Short episode. And the next one that will come out is me talking about, I want to say Evil Dead, but that honestly might not even be out yet. So rain check on whatever that will be. <laughs> cool. Um, we'll catch you guys next time. And again, if you want to support us financially, there is a tab below on wherever you are listening. You can click that. You can give us $10 a month, $5 a month, whatever you feel like. I don't think anyone's currently donating, but if you want to, that would help a lot. And yeah, we have more content coming your way. So catch you later. That's a clean slate.